0: Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a a time of war, and a time of peace. That was Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. I want to preach for a little while this evening on uh, a subject, a topic, and I've given this simple title, the master's soup the master's soup most people function in their everyday life as if it can be assumed that the earth is the center of the universe and space is all about the earth and and earth is all about people and people are all about me this would be fine if you are only going to see from the eyes of self but what of God let me remind us what a true Christian believes Everything exists because of God God spoke it thought it breathed and it all hinges upon his will So, which is it really is this all? Physical or is this all spiritual the answer is yes The physical exists because of the spiritual and the spiritual wills the physical Even when we admit the spiritual side of life. We tend to separate it from the physical. Oh I pray in church uh, But I don't pray much out of church I read the Bible in Sunday school and Bible study, but uh, I read Field and Stream and NFL Today and Dream Whisperers and Conan Loves Sheba or whatever it is that I read when I'm at home. I understand the philosophy of do unto others and turn the other cheek and all those things that the preacher preaches about at church. But if I catch that guy that keyed my car, I'm going to bust his... Oh, come on right here. It is important to understand these things, how we, we try to separate that which is unseparable. Important because if we can remove God from things of this world, then we can attempt to remove our reality from our spirituality. You see, even nature is different than we like to pretend that it is. You say nature to someone and they think of violets and gazelles. But nature is also vipers and goats. We like to put nature into pretty little places like parks and say, Oh, I love nature. But you've confined the grass with concrete and killed all the weeds that are natural to that area. And you've shaped the bushes and you've canopied the trees. That is not how they appear in nature. And if we're not too careful, we will do church exactly the same way. We will bring in all the best parts of God that we do like and we will dress them up and pretty them up just a bit and we will box out and kill off all the parts that we don't like and then we come to church for a Wednesday night picnic for the soul and we say, oh yes, I love God. In nature, there are huge living trees right beside dead decaying trees. There are clumps of grass growing all around 15 different varieties of weeds and flowers. In nature there are giant trees sprawled all about by little saplings nature is not categorized it all comes together for example nature is violets and vipers in the springtime as the violets begin to bloom along the banks of the creeks if you were to approach the beautiful fragrant flowers you may here a rustling in the leaf over, uh, over in the dead leaves, still lying from fall. And if you glance quickly enough, you may catch the pointed end of a tail slithering uh, out of your sight quickly. This may frighten you or change the mood or the moment from lovely to eerie, but it's all nature. It all occurs together. Nature is roses and thorns. Nature is the song of the lark and the bloody bill of the vulture. Nature is the fun little hop of the bunny rabbit and the frothing jowl of the wolf. And so is life. It is the same in the spiritual, for it is God who said that Job was a perfect and an upright man, yet it was also God that allowed Job to be tempted, so of Satan. It is God who was able to take David's horrendous, ugly sins and still turn him into the great king of Israel. It is God who uses rebukes for some and kindness for others, and we cannot always explain why. We like to try to pretend to know enough to be able to explain things away, so that we can still have our little filing system. But it was God who smote Zachariah with dumbness, but also God who, who who was sympathetic to Mary when they both both appeared to have the exact same doubts. Now, I know what some say, and I know what you've heard. We like to say, well, it must have been in Mary's heart she was more sincere, and in Zachariah's heart there was more doubt. You don't know that. You're reading that into it to try to make it fit your categories. But it did literally all happen together. God allows the influence of many different ingredients to make up the soup of his relations with humanity. Think about this. Whenever we get into a problem, we're always trying to figure out, did I do this? Did God do this? Did someone do this to me? Did the devil do this? I want you to know something right now. This preacher believes that no matter the answer to any of those questions, it was still influenced by heaven, whoever did it. This idea of detaching God from our own personal realities is becoming ever present as the church begins to back down and back away from traditional church arguments take the abortion debate for example which is very very sensitive I understand the abortion debate was one against the other yes or no open or closed And it didn't seem like those that wanted to go forward with abortion could argue clearly enough against the morality of of not having abortion. So now we have this whole new argument. We call it the rape or incest clause. They've kind of finally got the church against the ropes with this rape or incest. The church is against rape and the church is against incest and, and the church realizes that these ladies had no control and these things happened to them. Sin took its effect on these innocent people and now the church kind of tries to tiptoe around that. I know what I'm about to say it could get me in all kinds of trouble, but I want you to understand whether it was uh, sexually approved, if it was if it was sex that was desired, if it was rape, if it was incest, those are horrible situations. Situations, I hate all of it. I I understand all of that, but you cannot convince me that God did not have something to do with that We want to say that if it wasn't happy and if it wasn't fun that then God had nothing to do with it God produces life and Because we can't explain it we try to Clip it here and fix it there and tuck it here and put file it away in our our pretty little filing system But even when we cannot fully define or explain something, God cannot be removed from the equation Things scientific and secular are intricately woven in with things spiritual and sacred Even when we can't explain them Even in the Bible God and his attributes are described by nature and its attributes Uh, eyes like fire white as snow as the sound of many waters, or or as rushing mighty wind, those are all the physical describing the forever. We talk of the Almighty by using the all around us. You may be saying, okay, okay, we get all of that, preacher, but why is it so important right now? The reason for all of my uh, descriptive vocabulary here is to show that we are not uh, uh, allowed to pigeonhole life, no matter how hard we try. In our own little workings, we, get, we, we try to park all the cars in a row or put all the spices in alphabetical order or separate uh, papers according to, to, to files in alphabetical order. But this isn't how God works. This isn't how he works through nature. This isn't how he works through natural events. and This isn't how he works in human relations. It is very important to see this because we are being more and more programmed to think that life. Currently, it's all about getting the perfect look to ourselves so that we can attract the perfect mate for ourselves and then get uh, 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 then, then we can get everything uh, that we want for ourselves, the perfect car for ourselves, the perfect house for ourselves, the perfect occupation for ourselves so that we can eventually surround ourselves with all of the right things that make us completely satisfied and happy. And dear friend, it's simply not true. We want steak and ice cream to be at our happiest. We will settle for tuna fish and crackers when we have to. But then we feel like we're missing something in life. $25 shoes are okay. $50 shoes are better. $150 shoes are really living, man. If I have my nails and hair done, I will be uh, at better peace and, and closer to happiness than if I don't. I'm not preaching against getting your hair done. I'm preaching against the lie that says if you do get your hair done, you will automatically feel happier. It's like the old painting that was hanging on the wall at the Museum of England and a, a man stood staring at this painting for a long period of time one day, and a uh, a woman of great culture came by and began to adore the picture, and she finally exclaimed, knowing that the man heard her, said that if if I could leave the hustle and bustle of city life and move to that very cottage, in that very place, uh, that is in that exact painting, then life for me would be so peaceful and so serene, and, and, and I would finally be happier than I've ever been, and, and that I could ever be living here in downtown London to which the man turned to her and replied you do dream away your reality ma'am I have been to that place and that is why I stopped to remember the horror that took place in that place the roof was falling in the rats were rampant the weeds were all grown up the mistress of the house died of some foul disease and the children were given care by the state You have ruined my dream, she yelled as she marched away. Her anger and disgust were because she wasn't able to pretend away her reality, but I submit to you that that man did her a favor. And you may be upset with me when I'm done tonight, but I want to know I want to do you a favor. I want to show you that your pretend world doesn't exist and it will not help you to follow after it. Stop living your life trying to buy and work and spend and fix and change your life into a place where you can have it made. And realize that God has a very elusive mixture in the soup called life. Think about this with me. When my wife and I first got married, I always wanted to picture her happy and smiling in her best clothes and with her best hairdo and everything just right all the time. Money in the bank, using the Olive Garden for fast food. But guess what? I've seen my wife dirty and sweaty. I've caught her crying and wearing the same clothes twice in a row uh, in a little uh, shack of a home uh, our first house in Parma, Idaho, because the washer was broke down and we didn't have enough money to buy her another shirt at Kmart, and we were too busy to stop and do anything else about it. But let me tell you something. I thought I loved my wife when she smiled, but I knew I loved her when she cried. I hoped my wife was strong when all things were well, but I knew my wife was strong when All things went bad I never would have known that she was humble enough to apologize if she never made mistakes I wouldn't have known that she was kind enough to accept my apologies if I wouldn't have made mistakes I really didn't know that she was the woman that I dreamed and wanted her to be until we hit some hard times. I remember after we sold our house in Nyssa, Oregon and sold our business and, and started evangelizing in this little borrowed or kind of duct tape and wired together little motor home and we got to the to the flatlands of Oklahoma and I was preaching a revival all night and working for a, a construction business during the day to make money on the side. My wife had my four children was trying to bathe them and school them and clothe them and everything in this little motor home, uh. uh van thing parked beside the church all day and it began a horrible downpour in the middle of the night and it started raining in our bathroom and raining in our bedroom. Not not drip drip drip. I'm talking sheets and buckets of rain all night long. Nowhere to go. Nothing we could do but just try to sop up, sop up the water. And I thought to myself the next day, I looked at my wife. She was laughing about it. She was cleaning up the mess. She was hurrying around to make sure I had time to get uh, my mess studied out for church and I thought to myself that is a good woman that's a strong woman that's exactly the kind of woman I hope that she was but I didn't know she was until we hit some of those rough spots think about the young father that I heard that got so excited when his six-year-old boy looked at him one day was playing down there with his trucks and things and toys and he looked up and he said dad I want to be a doctor when I grow up. And his dad said, yes, yes. Then the son finished his statement and said, or a dinosaur. (laughs) Uh, It all goes together. It's never going to be perfect like we wish it was or hope it was or try to make it. When you're going through your everyday life, you have to see the big picture or it will get you, friend. This world and its ways are not about the big picture. It's about the high of the moment, and that is false. Magazine covers with women on them, and your mind says, wow, my girl don't look like that. Guess what? Neither does she. They shaved and waxed her legs and her arms and her upper lip and they lengthened her hair and lengthened her nails and painted her nails a different color and highlighted her hair and they they tanned her skin just the right tone. And after all that, even after they took the pictures, they airbrushed and doctored up the impurities that they couldn't get out any other way before they printed the picture and printed the magazine. Nobody looks like that and nobody's supposed to. Oh, preacher, if only I was rich or attractive or famous. I remember a comedian one time I was listening to, and it's a big joke, and he talked about if he could just get famous, and he would do television, and maybe radio first, and then television, and then he would go into movies, and then he would move to Hollywood, and and someday the Betty Ford Clinic, someday get checked in to that clinic where they deal with drug addicts and alcoholics, that are rich and famous he made it it was a joke I know but he made it like that was the top of the line you know why he made that joke and we thought it was funny because the biggest actors the wealthiest people always end up there why is that? Some people say, well, they've got the money and they can afford the drugs and they don't know what else to do but have parties. Let me tell you why I think it is. It's because they dreamed this wonderful dream. They spent their whole life chasing this rainbow and this pot of gold and they got to the top and they realized it's not true. It's a lie. And they realized they spent their whole life chasing something that wasn't there and it broke them. Think about it. (laughs) Oh, help me, Lord. It's a lie. Steak and ice cream comes in heaven. (laughs) Down here, this is lobster and bologna, but mostly bologna. But the bologna has its purpose. Its purpose is to make the lobster taste better. I remember being on a job, some of you might not appreciate this, you might not get it, you think I'm crazy, but listen, I was on a job and we got to eat steak all the time, every night for dinner, and after a few weeks I was kind of discouraged, because I love steak, but it was getting not to taste as good anymore. Think about this. Ladies, when your husband has to work and gets home and he's all sweaty and dirty every day and he comes dragging in and and he eats dinner without even cleaning all the way up 80% of the time. And then one night he showers and he shaves and he puts on his nicest clothes and your favorite cologne and, 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 and all these things because it's your anniversary and that makes it special. The world wants you to believe that that special feeling is what you're trying to achieve all day, every day, every second, all the time, and it's impossible. I read a man that wrote about these moments. He had his own little sermon about a hundred years ago, and his sermon was called The Poppies and the Corn. In his sermon about the poppies and the corn... He talked about living over in England or Ireland, somewhere over there in Europe, and he talked about in the late summertime where some of the corn that wasn't harvested it was all dried up and, and, and uh, almost grayish-brown-looking, hard, rough stalks of corn that was never harvested, stiff and hard and, and dried up and, 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 and all shriveled up. And he said, but scattered throughout all the those cornfields was was beautiful poppies, summer poppies, long green stems, big white petals on the flowery blooms with this beautiful crimson red cross in the middle, and all the white, soft, flowery petals proceeding out from the crimson red cross on uh, resting on top of this big, beautiful green stem. He looked at that one day and he thought to himself, he said, You know what? That would be beautiful if it was all poppies. And all of a sudden he said he felt like the Lord checked his heart and said, No, it's beautiful just like it is. And the more he stared at it, the more he realized it is beautiful just like it is. And he thought to himself those those rough and dried up aggressive stalks of corn that's that's like the bad days that's like the hard days the Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and and the heartbreak days and the sickness days and that's and, and he, he noticed to himself there's 50 or 75 or 100 stalks of corn to every one uh, poppy but he realized that's the way it is in life there's lots more hard times than there is great times there's lots more regular everyday grind than there is those wonderful exciting moments that everybody's always looking for but he realized that's why the poppies were so beautiful if it was all poppies he wouldn't know any better than to just think that they were normal looking but against the backdrop of those hard dried up shriveled up aggressive looking stalks of corn those poppies were gorgeous and he began to understand they were more gorgeous because they were few and far between and he realized that's what god was doing in our lives was giving us special special days and special people and special spiritual moments and special times of, of peace and joy and happiness against all of the backdrop of the agony and the anxiety and the hustle and the muscle and the work and the effort and the failure and the trial. And he realized those soft beautiful white petals were much more soft and more beautiful and more white against the backdrop of the, the dried brown gray uh, uh, corn stalks and then he looked just a little closer soon he realized there was a crimson cross beautiful in the very center of every poppy bloom and every poppy blossom and he realized that every white petal proceeded from the crimson red cross, oh somebody hear me tonight, there was a crimson blood that was poured at the cross of Calvary by the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ every happy moment you have came because of the blood every good thing that happens you came down from God, the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness no shadow of turning every time it, it works out the way you wanted it to, you should lift your eyes and lift your hands and lift your voice and thank God for the cross and realize that the beautiful times are beautiful because the rest of the times are not. (laughs) Miracles are special. They are the poppies. Camp meetings are special. They are the poppies. Sunday dinners are special. They are the poppies. But flat tires and dry services and the flu is what helps make them so special. They are the corn. Thank God for the corn. But thank God for the blood that brings the poppies. If you live your life to be strong, you will be happy. But if you live your life to be happy, You will be weak. It is not about the pleasures for humanity. It is about the preparedness for heaven. The reason I call this message the Master Soup is because of all these people that keep telling me all the time, I can't live it, Brother Todd. I can't live like that. I can't do all of that that you're asking me to do. It's too strict for me. It's too hard for me. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of things that you don't like that you don't think go together and you don't think it'll work. But if you try them, you might find out you would like them. My favorite food in the whole wide world, most of my closest friends know this, nacho cheese Doritos dipped in cottage cheese. Every time I tell somebody new that I love nacho cheese Doritos dipped in cottage cheese, they always tell me the same thing. That sounds disgusting. But you know what? I've introduced hundreds of people to it, and I think I can remember one person that didn't like it. It's wonderful. You would never think of it. I don't know how I came across it, but they go so well together. You ever heard somebody say, I don't like onions unless they're cooked, or I don't like peppers? Unless they're in something. There are things that you don't like by themselves. But you mix them in with the right things. And not only do does it not bother you, you actually like it. I will tell you that's what's ha- people don't like structure people don't like rules people don't like holiness They say people don't like all of these things people don't like to have to be restricted or go to church or or, or or not get to have all the fun They think they want or do the things they want listen when it's mixed God's way when God is the master chef And he knows what he's doing and he's putting the right spice and putting the right twist and cooking it just long enough Have you ever heard somebody say I don't like liver and then somebody says well you have not had it the way mama makes it mama makes makes it special some I've, I've heard lots of people say I can't stand liver and somebody always says you haven't had it made right yet I want to tell you so, mama can can she puts it in milk and she sautes it and she fixes and you can't even hardly taste it and, and, and then somebody will try it mama's way and they say you know what this ain't bad I actually like this they may ask for it the next time they came over but they swore their whole life they couldn't stand it now and it's fixed a special way they like it. I want to tell you, you may say I can't be a Christian. You may say I can't be holiness. You may say I could never live a divine life. You may say I can't break free from these addictions. I can't be somebody different than what, what I'm bound to be already. I want to tell you, you've never tried this way when God fixed it just right. The master chef picks from his special heavenly and earthly garden and salts and peppers and sprinkles and sautés life just right. That if you would follow him, listen to him, eat of his menu. Dear friend, you'll be surprised. You'll be shocked. You'll be blessed. To stop trying to make everything so perfect. And realize that God has a way of putting the poppies with the corn. Has a way of putting the vipers with the violets has a way of putting the mockingbirds with the vultures, and has a way of putting hard work and morality together with joy and peace, you'll love it, friend. You'll love it. Try. I dare you. Try. The Master's Soup.